it's betsy it's october 8th friday friday 2021 <clears throat> today i'm thinking a lot about um this this stage or times in life where we go from feeling like we're following what is expected of us or just following the programming or what's next in life based on cultural or family expectations versus creating your life and taking the wheel of the car and steering and pointing it somewhere and going there intentionally. And that is a theme that has come up in a number of coaching calls recently with clients and thinking about what that, what that transition feels like and how uncomfortable it is. I have, I attract a lot of people who are high achievers and some perfectionists, but high achievers, people committed to excellence, people who've gotten good grades or, um, just had high achievement in many areas. And what I've noticed with many people is a distress that emerges in their life when they realize that they've been kind of following what is supposed to be next, but what's next isn't really clear. And they're kind of ending up getting pulled into doing this or that or offered to do this or that for work or whatever, but not necessarily driving it with intention. And I went through a transition like this in my life. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say it's one point because I think there's a lot of different points in life that we get an opportunity to question just going with what's expected or going with some kind of programming or being really intentional. So one of the times that was very significant for me in my life was um, the fall when I was a sales manager in my early twenties. And so this was, you know, 20 years ago and a former sales rep came into my office and he said he wanted to, he was a former sales rep, but he had gotten a new sales job. So he wanted to talk to me and I knew he was going to try to sell me whatever his new sales job was. And I just really wanted to be supportive and hear what he had to say. And he came in and he presented to me his you know, what he's doing for his new job. And he then proceeded to try to sell me a grave plot for myself. And this is when I lived in Flint, Michigan. And so it was a beautiful cemetery in Flint, Michigan. And I loved my time in Flint and connected with so many amazing people there, many of whom I'm still connected with. And I don't, you know, I was there for less than maybe just under a year for work. I, I don't envision myself being buried in Flint, Michigan. So he tried to sell me a grave plot for myself. And I told him that I, you know, wasn't, didn't have a desire to be buried there and probably would be cremated or some other, something else in another location that was more connected with a sense of home. And he said, well, it'd be so much cheaper now, you know, than if you wait till, you know, God willing, then you live till you're, you know, 80 or whatever. And I'm just like, 
what? Like inside my head, I'm going, what? You know, I was 20, whatever I was, 23, 22 at the time. And he left and I was annoyed. I was really frustrated because I was like, what is he doing? Trying to sell me a grave plot for myself. That is ridiculous. And, you know, it wasn't ridiculous. He had gotten his sales job and he was trying to sell the grave plot. And guess what? We're all going to die. So um, I just was upset. I hadn't thought about, I had thought about my own mortality to an extent, but that brought it into my consciousness strongly. It was around that time that I was working with my first coach and she asked me a question that was, you know, if you knew you were going to die in six weeks, would you be doing what you're doing right now? And there's a variety of types of questions like that, like six months or a year. It helps to connect with what's really important in your life. And my answer was no, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now or living the way that I'm living. Over the course of the next, I'd say from that time, four or five years, I slowly but surely began to orient myself towards living from and creating my life from my heart and my values and asking myself what I really desired and what wanted to create in my life. And that culminated um, in a surfing and yoga retreat that I did. And that year, and I've talked about this in other episodes, but that year was a year that I didn't drink at all. Almost the whole year. That was the year I was 26 turning 27. And there had been shorter times that I had stopped drinking for months at a time. Maybe I started drinking at 14. Um, so there were probably some months that I was like, oh, I'm not going to drink for a while. Like my junior high school, I was like, I'm not going to drink as much. Um, but you know, it was the first time since I had started drinking that I didn't drink for the whole year. And I also really spent time meditating and had worked with a coach for multiple years and did some yoga. So I was doing a bit of healing and I, on a particular day, I was doing some journaling and just felt this lightning bolt of clarity that was moved to San Francisco. And I had visited San Francisco multiple times uh, because in college I took a summer class at Berkeley and my sister, well, the sister Katie lived in San Francisco and I had a chance to visit her. And during those visits really fell in love with the city and the area. And as a queer person, I really resonated with being in a place where there were a lot of queer people and community and acceptance and also great weather and also great food and produce available and lots of vegetarian options for food. So there were many things, but I got this clarity, moved to San Francisco. Well, I ended up going into my office and talking to my manager at the time, John, who is one of my dearest friends in life. He's like a brother to me and told him that I needed to move to San Francisco. And it felt so clear and so certain. And I loved my job at the time. I loved working with him and everybody on the team. It was really one of my best career experiences was that role. I really enjoyed it. And I was hoping I didn't have to leave the job, but eventually turns out I did have to leave the job to live in California, not live in New Jersey. But I was talking to one of my colleagues and she said, you're so courageous to do that. And to me, courage requires 
fear, like to overcome the fear. And what I realized, and I thanked her because she's given me a compliment, but what I realized that I didn't say to her was that I had this really crystal clarity that I felt like I had lived my whole life one time already, this lifetime, and I was getting to go back and live it how I really wanted to live it and make choices that I really, that were really in alignment with my heart. So for that reason, it didn't take courage because it felt like what would have taken courage would, would have been to deny that voice, would have been to not follow my heart. And in, in my conversations with clients lately, uh, we've been talking about really tuning into the heart, listening to the heart, asking questions of the heart, and also um, connecting with values and allowing intuition, heart, information, and connecting with values for information to drive our story forward. When you reflect on positive experiences in your life and you tell that story, you can write about it, talk about it, and then you can ask yourself, what do I value? Some of your values you'll just come up with off the top of your head because you're so familiar with them. There are others that are a little bit more subtle or you you haven't named them so directly because it's such an ingrained part of your experience and the way that you live life. But that's an exercise that you can do is just reflect on high point moments at work and in life and write out those stories and why they were meaningful to you and then ask yourself, what do I value? And make that list. And then as you're evaluating opportunities, jobs, or life decisions, you can check in with those values. You can say, did these, would these decisions or changes or choices be in alignment with my deepest values? One of the examples that I gave to a client today is, you know, when, when I think about like why I do things. I'm someone who <laughs> I had a job once where the, where the manager just put on the whiteboard, like a little graph. Like I was like, well, why are we doing what we're doing? Cause I was a, sal a sales manager and this was a job I had in San Francisco at a startup. And he was like, just up and to the right, you know, just sell more. And I'm looking at him like he has 18 heads. I'm like, wait, why? Like, why just sell more? Like, what is this? What is this? what are these products doing to help people's lives? Why does it matter? Why does it mean something? And I'm somebody who's just always had to know that it, that whatever I'm doing for work and in life is adding some value to people and get, offering love and encouragement. So when I have been nervous and whenever I do a session that's on stage in front of people, which has been a little while based on this being a pandemic, but just going out on stage and maybe there's high stakes or there's a lot of people or there's a few hundred people or even more just being out on stage in the, f I obviously prepare and I know everything that about the, that I can, I learn all that I can about the audience and there's a purpose and a intention and objectives to the session, of course, but all that kind of, falls away when I first come out on stage because what I, in my own kind of nervousness, what I tap into is my value for loving people and that there being nothing more important than that. So what I do is I stand on stage and I just find someone to look at, another person to look at, and I connect with them and I just send them love. 
with my smile and my eyes and that's it. And I just love the people and I just love the crowd that it's like, if all else fails, like if I forget what I was supposed to talk about or teach or exercises, which, you know, hopefully I don't because I always have notes, but it's like, what's more important than that, than just sending love to people. So that for me is an anchor, um, and connects with driving our lives and behavior from our heart, from our values. Yes, there's still, of course, work that's getting done and we're working on projects and we're talking about specific issues or cultivating uh, certain skills. But the underlying value that I have is to love people. So I make sure that I focus on that intention and I send that energy to people. So going back to how we started, which is I was talking about this transition in life that sometimes we go through, we go through many times where we feel like we're reacting to the circumstances of our life or re re reacting in terms of, oh, this is what I think I'm supposed to do next because this is the next step of my career or this is what I ought to be doing is to question question that, not to say that you're not going to do it if you need or want to do that for whatever other circumstances in your life, but it's just to check in with what is the heart, what does your heart truly desire? What do you, how could you express that? Even if it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily totally change the job, but just creating some space in your life for that expression to emerge. Following those values that you connect with in your story. And allowing that to be some of the fuel that gives the information for the next step and the next step and the next step. So that when you do go into work or you do go into a meeting that, and you're feeling really stressed about it, that you can connect with what, are the, what is the deeper value? Why are you going into this? Why do you have the job? And maybe it's connecting to values of the reason that you're doing the work so that you can create safety and security for yourself and maybe your family, that you can create safety and healthcare and opportunities for children, educational experiences. Maybe it's for longer term visions that you have. Maybe it's that you really want to, you're in a situation right now that you really want to learn something. So you want to invest in that. And you're saying, I'm going to stay in this role for the next at least six months because I really want to cultivate XYZ skills. And then I'm going to transition to something else. But right now, to be able to anchor ourselves in our hearts and what we truly value and desire can give information about the next step. And sometimes we want to know the next hundred steps. And that's not necessarily going to be clear. So we just take, have to take it one at a time. One at a time. So the question that I started with that this, old, this former sales rep asked me, you know, did I want to buy a grave plot for myself? And this awareness around taking the wheel and creating in your life instead of feeling like you have to react or that you have to follow some prescribed path from before. If right now is not the time to make a dramatic change in your life, then that's not the time. But creating space for permission for you to express these values can be extremely life-giving and can give you energy 
and help refill your cup and to help you feel like you're moving in the direction of expanding and opening and connecting in deeper ways with yourself and others. So I'm feeling a little tired right now. I had a lot of calls today so far. You may hear it in my voice, but it's a good exhaustion. It's like the kind of exhaustion where you feel like it was meaningful. I'm grateful for the, for the conversations that I had today and for the exploration and grateful for all the learning. So today's Friday. I send you lots of love today and I'm thinking about maybe doing this Monday through Friday. We'll see. I'm still, this is in beta, so we won't find out until I <laughs> launch it more publicly, but, um, sending you a big hug and, and celebrating your deepest values and your heart's greatest desires. So hoping that you can be more and more of you each day and that you can honor yourself and celebrate yourself for being you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.